Hi everyone, it's me, Imani Clough, founder and director of Imani Academy. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my new Being Human Experience podcast. You will be journeying with me as I interview different humans sharing their experience of navigating the world. The podcast explores how individuals from all walks of life are living their truth, breaking down barriers and empowering others to do the same. So journey with us as we figure out this Being Human thing together. So this week I am joined by Olivia. Olivia is 17 years old. She's a sixth form student studying history, English literature and sociology. Olivia is passionate about all things young people and has a profound interest in youth empowerment. She feels all too often young people lack belief and motivation in themselves, but she aims to help showcase just how important youth voice is. As a member of the West Midlands Youth Combined Authority, Olivia aims to influence positive change in youth engagement and participation in politics. So, Olivia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Imani? I'm not too bad. I'm all right. It's so good to be able to have a chat with you on the Being Human Experience podcast and just share a bit more about what you do and your passion with politics and youth engagement as a young person yourself and why you feel that's so important. So tell us a little bit about about you and your interests. So I think my interest in politics really, um, it starts from like, I guess, just looking at the news, looking Uh at um, current affairs and like just, I guess, forming an opinion on it and speaking to my parents about what's happening, about the different like parties, political parties. And um, I think me just being able to have that opinion and to start really thinking about politics and how um, it will affect me in the future has made me realise how important it is and definitely being on the um, Youth Combined Authority has um, furthered that interest in politics so yeah. Brilliant and even with all the things going on currently um, and that immediate effect that politics is having on young people how vocal do you think young people have been able to be on this topic? I think during the quarantine slash lockdown period, young yeah. people have um, they've been really good and like in terms of y- using their voice on social media. I think social media has been um, a massive tool in um, voicing their opinions, voicing their um, expressing how they feel about certain topics, like specifically the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Social media was a massive tool for young people for them to, because we can't we couldn't go outside. Um, we had to use it to explain how we had felt for so long as young black people and even um, recently with the A-level results and soon to be GCSE Mm. results, young people have used social media to um, show that they're not happy and I think the idea that young people aren't involved in politics is kind of like, it's kind of proven that it isn't true because even though we may not be physically there in um, board meetings and places like that, we are using social media to impact positive change definitely and we've seen some of those changes happen because of young people using their voice and speaking out um and why that's so important um and i guess like you said dispelling the myth that young people don't know how to uh make positive change through policy and knowing how to do that because that's shown that's it's been proved proved wrong um but i know that sometimes for not not for all young people, are not necessarily able to access politics or politics isn't accessible to them. 
Um, and maybe that's because of some of the jargon or what do you think it could be? Um, I think definitely jargon. I think a lot of what politics is is a lot of complicated words and complicated um, complicated things that young people don't necessarily are even not interested in or they wouldn't understand. So that's something that's, I think, a major barrier to young people accessing politics. I think also the opportunities there aren't um, accessible for everybody. So yeah. being on the Youth Combined Authority, I'm very lucky that I have access to um, people, let's say, like the Mayor of the West Midlands and the head of the um, West Midlands Combined Authority. But for young people who don't have access to those um important individuals it's harder for them to voice their opinions and to have an impact on that change so I think um definitely in the West Midlands having those um having access to these different um opportunities is something that a lot of people lack yeah and accessibility is a big a big thing especially when you're talking about diversifying opportunities and the different um experiences that can be afforded to young people if they're not accessible how how exactly are they supposed to be able to engage with that so as a young person how do you feel you're able to use your voice and your platform to engage other young people um i think through my platform i'm able to i i think i started the youth combined authority with the idea Uh of kind of raising the voices of everybody else because I'd felt that for too long people that looked like me and um, thought like me didn't really have a space to say what they thought and it was for me to use that platform to speak what everybody else had always been thinking so I think the platform that I have um, allows me to just spread awareness of the issues that people around me are facing and um, to the problems people face day to day that let's say board members or portfolio holders aren't thinking about so it's just about raising awareness on the issues that society is facing day to day that people aren't really looking at and they're just um, discarding because it doesn't affect them in like doesn't affect them in their lives yeah and do you think that's something to do with the lack of sometimes cultural awareness as well um, definitely because there's a saying that we've said in our board for quite a long um, long time now which is male pearl and stale so in the West Midland Combined Authority you won't tend to see people who look like me so like be a young black female um, so the cultural awareness of people who will look like me or who have lived like me um, mm-hmm. it's not there the awareness isn't there and the understanding of how we live our lives and how we are are forced to live our lives because of the society that we are in um is really not there and I think that makes it harder when decision makers are making decisions for us because there's nobody there to help them make those decisions and to ensure that they're being done properly with um the right intentions and with uh people who can advocate for the said communities that they're making decisions for definitely and I guess when you've had conversations with um the board and the wider combined authority you've been able to challenge um, and how's that been met when you've been able to ask some of those difficult questions um so recently with the black lives matter movement um my friend and i minded a speech um based on our black lives matter letter as a board and it was received quite well um i was very surprised actually no it was brilliant i, yeah. I watched that back 
it was received really well I think mm-hmm. the fact that we were two young girls um like voicing how we felt and how our community felt and um we'd really just constructed it based on how we felt and yeah how we know that um our friends had felt how our family had felt so it was I think it, it felt more it was more than just um a speech it was more than just a letter it yeah. was an accumulation of how many however many years however however many feelings um from different people and um I think it was nice to be able to have the response from Deborah Cadman and from Andy Street because I felt like we had been listened to and meaningful change will be impl- implemented um because of our requests and our um questions to them to ask if they do feel like they are diverse which um obviously we try to question (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's so powerful and do you think what what's the accountability like when you pose those difficult questions and you share the lived experience and then you request some of those actions how do you ensure that there's accountability there so that it doesn't just feel like um a tick box exercise or you just voicing your view into a void? I think with anything that we're um, working towards, it's about revisiting it. So it's about looking at what we've said, what we've asked, and looking back at it and saying, have these things been implemented? How have, have we seen any meaningful change? Have we seen anything that has been influenced by what we've said? So yeah. um, I guess it's, I think with a lot of the things that we do, it's always about, um, looking at where we were at the start and looking at where we are now and seeing what changes have been made but also where are we still to go and how can we um, improve what's happening um, even more. That's so good and I've been able to have actionable things to say well at the last meeting we said this yeah. and then been able to follow up on that that's really important I think sometimes like you say, not everybody will have the opportunity to be able to do that. So you're in a really good position there to be able to hold people to account and allow them to listen and learn to the experiences of young people um, and the other voices that aren't around the table. You're bringing them into the room anyway with those stories that you're able to share. Yeah. For sure. And you're doing your A-levels at the moment. Um, history, English and sociology where do you see your academic um, future going or are you still figuring that out? (laughs) I think recently I've been thinking a lot more about university and um, what course I want to study and things like that and I think definitely I'd love to study history and politics Um, I'm not sure exactly where yet but I think it's it's a degree which I would find really interesting and um, will probably just help me further my understanding um, in politics and the history of the world, history of um, just different things, which mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have studied before. So, um, yeah, I think that's where my A-level will take me. I'm you're definitely sure on the right path. Yeah, you're definitely on the right path. You've got loads of time. And that will give you opportunity then to broaden, broaden your mind and your understanding of different things and different Different perspectives as well, I guess. Yeah, definitely. That's so more recently, um, you mentioned about uh, Black Lives Matter and how on social media, young people have been able to speak 
speak up more. Do you think that's allowed people to have a safer space to talk or do you think it goes both ways sometimes? Um, I think it's definitely gone both ways. Um, I think it depends firstly on the social media app being used. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. In terms of like, and also the age range of the people. Yeah. People who are like my age, which is like 17 or 16 to 18. Yeah. um, I think my friendship groups have really been vocal in how they feel and definitely after George Floyd's um, death, there was a lot of, there was uproar, I mean, worldwide uproar. So um, I think it's been positive. It's definitely been positive, but there's also the backlash from um, different communities and different people who don't have um, the understanding that we may have about Black Lives Matter movement. Um, And also, alternatively, it kind of, I think um, something that a lot of people have said is that the movement kind of halted. So we saw a lot of people posting, a lot of people being active, and then it's just stopped because people aren't interested anymore. It's like um, the saying, oh, this is not a trend, this is a movement. And I think it's, it's been interesting to see how quickly something has happened and then it's just stopped. And it is... It, it can be quite sad to think about, but at the same time, I know there are people who are continuing the work and continuing um, the work that was already being done, even after and even before the movement. So yeah. I think um, it goes both ways, but I definitely think social media has been a massive, a massive tool during this period um, mm-hmm. to help the movement. And I think it's adding that perspective as well and being able to see the bigger picture, which you've clearly been able to do as well to see that there are people out here doing the work, have been, um, yourself included, um, and been able to continue that and using it as an an, an education piece and maybe a turning point and an opportunity to bring more people on board and allow young people to do some reflection as well. And across those different age ranges, as you said, like there's those different transitional points where people have a different level of understanding for some of the things that, um, they may feel that don't affect them right now, but it may do in the future. I think that's that's key as well. When I say youth empowerment, I think yeah. I'm talking specifically about um, how I view the young people around me and how mm-hmm. I see the potential that they have and the potential that they haven't realised yet. But because I'm in a position where I have been able to to an extent I know that there is there's there's so many different places that they can go but it's just about them believing in themselves and then pushing themselves so I think that's just my kind of my idea on youth empowerment no I think that's brilliant and especially because you are a young person yourself and it's so it's so nice to be able to hear that you are being at the forefront of youth-led initiative and youth-led empowerment because I've been working with young people as long as I've been a young person myself so from about your age as well 16 15 16 um and it's so important to have young people who are championing other young people and empowering each other um so it's so nice to hear that you're you're doing that too in regards to politics generally Um, what do you think about politics and the age range and the 
age young people engage in politics, if that makes sense? So at school, do you think politics is talked about enough since everything we do is political? But how yeah. much do we actually have that time to really understand that and make sense of it? So what's the age range like for you, do you think, in terms of speaking about politics and engaging with it? I think there's a big gap between speaking about it and engaging in it. Yes. And I think even sometimes young people don't have the the access to those conversations because some schools don't speak about it or some schools have limited resources to speak about politics. Um, and I think that kind of sets up a barrier initially with young for young people because they a lot of people don't really they don't regard politics as something interesting. They see it as um, boring or mm. they they don't really they don't engage in it because it's not the norm it's not the it's not something that young people are are really expected to be involved in um from a young age i guess but i think starting starting the conversation from a like let's say halfway through secondary school i think that's a good idea because if we're expected to vote at the age of 18 and we don't have the um we're not literate in politics as they say uh i think it's not it's not helpful because how are we expected to vote at 18 and we don't know about political parties, we don't know about um, different portfolios, we don't know about the the region that we live in. And yeah. I think that that can be de- definitely be harmful for some people when voting because I know there's certain people who will just be like, oh, I'll just vote whatever I feel on the day. And mm-hmm. when it's impacting your life and impacting the people around you, um, that can be quite dangerous and harmful to them without them even knowing yeah so I agree I think having those conversations from a young age even if it's just the little things about what different parties what the different parties are even what a manifesto means yeah what a manifesto is because I didn't even know that before I joined the youth combined authority so there is there's a lot that I've learned that I think it would have been very valuable for me to, to learn earlier yeah for sure so, and what exact if if there were like any teachers listening or uh, just adults who engage with young people what would how would you say what what's what are some examples you would give of engaging in political literacy with young people how can that be done effectively um i think definitely what a manifesto is firstly and then the different like portfolios so let's say um there are there are different topics that people might be interested in so that's transport yeah or inclusive communities um or um, environment, which I guess could tie in with global warming and things like that. So there's so many different topics that politics or the idea of politics falls under, and it's not just about going to vote. I think that is something that people need to, I guess, firstly, like getting the young people to understand that it's not just about going to vote and putting a ballot and um, learning about the Labour Party or the Conservatives. It's about really understanding how um politics impacts us in our day-to-day lives every day yeah everything we do is political so it's it's really important that it's not just something that happens um that just happens when you vote it's something that is every day yeah and making it relatable to everyday surroundings so like you said housing and even education education um, yeah and breaking it down into those categories helps a lot to make it relatable for sure so olivia 
what do you think's next in terms of the direction of politics for young people? This is a loaded question. But what do you think the direction could be next in terms of political engagement for young people? Um, I think that political engagement... I think young people be more politically aware, politically... I'd say engaged in what's happening. Mm. Engaged it because I think previously young people haven't had a clue about anything. Um, hadn't they haven't had a clue about what is actually happening? Yeah, but I think young people are educating themselves a lot more, educating themselves on what's happened previously and what's what could happen in the future. So I think in terms of that, young people are going to be more way more active than they were before in politics and in policy policy making policies because they know that we are the future and we do it's our like it's our future it's our children's futures it's our family's futures which will be affected by the choices that we do make and i think we will become way more active in politics but in terms of voting specifically Mm -hmm. i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure about voting at the moment i think because i know that i know certain people around me their their views on on voting aren't positive so i think it depends on the young people that you're talking to but um i think definitely engagement and um being active and understanding politics in general young people are definitely going to be um it's def- they're definitely definitely going to be an improvement on that yeah i agree with you and you'll be able to vote soon well definitely. in a year's time yeah. so that will be interesting but what are the what would you say the top three things that are on your political agenda that are important for you at the moment? Um, well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, okay, so firstly, I would say, um, I think after COVID-19 and after coronavirus, one of the main things for me is um, the idea of community and the idea of how individuals are going to cope um like, that doesn't really make sense let me say no that. it does make sense i think um in the, the idea of community and how yeah. a lot of people have gone through so many different things during this time and it's i think it's just about being there for other people and making sure that they that people have access to the things they need to live mm. to live um happy and healthy lives because a lot of people they've experienced things that they probably wouldn't have expected to experience this year. So I think it's important that that community spirit is there and that the communities are being focused on specifically and specifically the black community, knowing that we have the, um, the biggest rate of coronavirus in the country. So I think focus on the black community and how the response to coronavirus, um, how the government responds to it. Um, and then I say secondly would be education. Um, that's important to me because I don't know how the next year is going to look for me um, in terms of A-levels and exams and university. Sure. So keeping, I think there just needs to be an understanding for us, even if it's just something small, understand that this is what's going to happen next year. I think just something will help yeah because give me people, something yeah a lot of people have rather been, than keeping people in limbo yeah rather than keeping us in limbo and making us just quite like question everything i think 
to for me personally I think a lot an issue that has um happened during this lockdown is that I because I don't know what's happening the motivation to carry on is kind of it's waning because I don't know I don't know what's happening and I don't want to um like I just felt unmotivated during this time so I think having sorry carry on having something in my like having something as a goal having something as a set goal will allow me to push myself even further and just reach my full potential so I think that is another thing I'm um yeah that I, I think is really important in terms of politics and lastly I would say <laughs> I would say the environment because I haven't really recently I haven't really been engaging much in environment politics but I know that at the start of lockdown um the environment was doing a lot better um the skies were a lot clearer and the water mm-hmm. was cleaner and things like that and I think when it comes to the world that we live in everything that we think is important is not going to matter if we don't have a world to live in exactly. so when you break it when you say it like that <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it's so important that we just we look after the planet that we're living on and we work as as a collective to ensure that emissions are lower and that we have a clean a clean air, clean air to breathe um so yes. that's another thing that I think is really important. Oh, two, well, all three of those all have their place, and I think they're all very. I think they're important. They should be important for everyone. Yeah. Um, and it's particularly what you said about community and how important that is, and how important that's been right now when we look to our left and we look to our right. Who is actually around when we're when we're at our worst and we need that support? And I think coronavirus has taught us a lot about neighbor is it is neighborliness a word you know what i mean neighborhoods yeah. <laughs> neighborliness i'm gonna say it anyway um that word when we think about our neighbors and our community um h- how much do we actually do together and how much do we look out for one another and champion one another when others are being oppressed also they're all very much interlinked um and especially when we're thinking about education too it has been very difficult for a lot of people whether it's at work, at school, at home, that motivation to what is it that I'm working for? I feel like I'm just wading through water and trying to survive. I think that's what it felt like for a lot of people. And yeah, being in limbo and looking for direction, which has been, has not been very strong with our government um, in terms of giving people direction and hope. And that's why it leaves people in a state of anxiety, I think sometimes. And yeah, so all of those are very important. But like you said, we won't have any of that if we don't look after the planet. Yeah. And it's a topic of conversation that, oh, it seems to come in waves, no pun intended. Um, seems to come in waves, but it should be at the top of all of our agenda and the environment and how are we looking after the planet as the humans that live on it. Um. And that could be a conversation all on its own. Definitely. For sure. Even, um, I think that's another thing young people are engaging in a lot. Because I've seen so many different protests um, yeah. for the environment, which young people are like really champions. Champions, mm-hmm. I can't say it. <laughs> Championing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. 
definitely. For sure. And Olivia, how are you looking after yourself in all of this time? Because I know you're a busy person. Um, I think listening to music, I, I think there's not been a day where I haven't been listening to music. Yeah. And it's, I think it just, like, relaxes me, whatever type of music it is, like mm-hmm. Afrobeats, reggae, anything. Um, I just like listening to music. And probably... Um, just reading like reading anything that I can get my hands on because I think it's I think it's so important to read in general but when your your head's just racing and you've got so many different thoughts I think it's important to just try and um calm yourself down and like level out your mind so yeah definitely and I think you've probably given people a few self-care tips there in the process of just slowing down because I think even if throughout COVID-19 and lockdown, people have been forced to slow down um, and find new ways of occupying their time, um, but giving themselves the chance to just rest, read for pleasure, listen to music. It's all part of looking after yourself in the process of journeying through life, I guess. What would you say being human feels like for you? Being human for me feels like... Um not letting I think it's just being myself if that makes sense um, mm-hmm. and it's about in sh- like not changing who I am to fit what society wants me to be yeah. and ensuring that in whatever I do I remain true to myself and I remain true to my values and I think over the last year that has been something that I've really thought about a lot um, I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still young but <laughs> as I grow up I feel like it's is it's been really um it's been nice to sort of just learn more about myself and learn more about um my little traits <laughs> who I am and like um yeah. really kind of grow into my identity so it's definitely just about that's so um, nice yeah loving who I am yeah <laughs> fantastic that's brilliant I love that I love that I definitely <laughs> love that you know I love that <laughs> no that's so important and especially in the work that you're doing currently within politics and your future, which is going to be very bright, and the work that you'll go on to, to do, remaining who you are, your identity, the authenticity will be so important in that space so that you can just show up and be, be who you are unapologetically. So, how, Olivia, how, can, how can people find you if they want to find out more about youth combined authority or the work that you're doing around youth empowerment and politics um so on instagram and twitter you can find me at agbe olivia which is a-g-b-e-o-l-i-v-i-a and um in terms of the uh, sorry the youth combined authority you can find us at wm young board on instagram and twitter fantastic it's been a pleasure to speak to you and it always is you're definitely an inspiring young person and I genuinely mean that. So thank you for giving me your time and allowing me to share this virtual podcast thank space you with you. It's been, it's been lovely speaking to you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to connect with me on socials, you can at Imani underscore Clough on Twitter and on Instagram. Drop me a message, say hi, and I look forward to connecting with you.